Welcome to the Eye on the U podcast, the Miami Herald's Miami Hurricanes podcast. I'm David Wilson, and I'm joined, as always, on the other line by Susan Miller-Degnan, our Hurricanes beat writer here at the Herald. Susan, how's it going? It's going great. We're getting getting closer to game time. Yeah, we are less than a week out. Well, I guess as we're recording, we're about a week out. By the time you guys are listening to this, it'll be less than a week out. Yep. It's pretty crazy. All right, uh, so we're going to do our season preview episode. We've talked a lot about uh, coronavirus. We've talked a lot about recruiting. We've talked a lot about practices over the last uh, couple of months here. Um, but today we're going to talk about real football because it is on the horizon. Uh, we've got a couple of things we're going to get to. Um, we'll obviously make like our big picture picks for the league. Uh, we'll hand out some uh, preseason awards and predictions. Um, but first, I've got a couple questions written down that I kind of feel like are the ones that will define this season for Miami. Um, and the first one is probably the football to- topic we have talked most about this offseason. Um, and that is, will Derek King and the new look offense at Miami live up to the hype? What is your feeling as we now sit here uh, seven days out from the start of the season? My feeling based on... Based on not yeah. having seen a single practice. Yeah. yeah, good point. Okay, we have not seen one minute of one practice. We have not seen anyone do anything. Although we saw Derek. Yeah, you saw Derek in the spring for like three days. days. Yeah. Right. But but um, that was in spring when they hadn't even really started learning the spread. Yeah. You know? But um, I I think they will live up to the hype, and I think all you can do is is really compare it to last season when they were, you know, horrible um, and, uh, and, and had a, what I thought was a talented quarterback who did not, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he was up and down, uh, a lot of problems during the season with the whole team, with the quarterback. And, you know, Derek has only broken a ton of records. He's very talented. I mean, everybody knows that. I know he played for Houston. Um, you know, it's not a power five team, but um, I, I believe this spread is going to help this team so much. I believe Rhett Lashley is a, is a very good coordinator, and, um, and the offensive line is a year older. So, um, you know, when you ask, will it live up to the hype, the whole team, the offense, I think, and Derek King, I think yes. It just depends how hyped the hype is, you know? Yeah. Yeah, well, I think it's hard to imagine the offense being worse than it was last year, but I think we probably would have also said the same thing this time last year. Um, So that's obviously the concern, is that every time Miami, uh, in the last couple years, feels like, you know, they've hit rock bottom, there's always a, a level they can drill through to go further. But the, and we talked about this, I think, early, maybe even in the spring, um, Basically, the idea that, you know, last year, so much of the hype had to do with, you know, the transfers and the coaching staff changes and all that kind of stuff. But they were all, like, kind of speculative guys. You know, Tate Martell had not done a single thing. Um, you know. Right. Some, Dan Enos obviously had a track record, but, but for the most part, it was guys who, you know, didn't have, you know, you were, you were kind of thinking maybe they would become good. Uh, Derek King and Rhett Lashley are already good. We know that. It's, like, undeniable, basically, that, you know, Derek King is at least a good quarterback. Even if he's not, 
you know, doesn't end up being the second best quarterback in the ACC, you know, he is going to be one of the five or six best, like if it, in a worst case scenario, basically. Um, and, you know, as much hype as Dan Enos came with, he was basically kind of running the same stuff as before. So Miami, the, the total overhaul means at least it's going to look different, which is uh, more than we could have said in, in a lot of recent years, I think, where, yeah, but it's the, the, the saying that the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. I know they changed coaches uh, before last season on offense, but they still kind of look similar. This year, at least they're going to look different. They're trying something different, um, and it's about time. And, and I think, um, you know, there's it kind of leads us right into our second question I have written down here because they really go hand in hand is how much better can the offensive line be? Because if if the offensive line is as bad as last year, the off, the offense just quite simply can't live up to the hype. It can be better just because of the extra talent, the different staff, and probably a more friendly scheme for Miami's personnel. But I think there's a lot of hype around the offense right now, and if the offensive line does not improve significantly, it's still going to they're still going to have to win games with defense. Yes. Um... I agree. I do think the scheme is going to help a great deal. Yes. Uh, I, it's going to help the offensive line. I think, um, you know, they, they won't have to hold their blocks as long. I mean, Derek is going to take off in a lot of instances, and, you know, he's, he's elusive. He's hard to, to tackle. Um, and I think that the scheme is, it's going to make it easier for everybody, you know, to, to make plays. I think the plays are going to be faster. I think the receivers, you know, that that's a group that even though I think they're going to be better because of the scheme, because it's simpler, because yeah. they don't have to memorize as much and be insecure. Um, I think all of that is going to help the offensive line, really. And and they're a year older. Yeah. And, you know, they added talent. Like, Jared, Jared Williams, I, I know he's not – it's not like he was like an all-American or even necessarily like an all-conference guy at Houston, but um, they've got like we talked about it. They've got like weirdly they have depth on the offensive line. I know Navon is um, probably not. I guess not going to be ready for the start of the season. It doesn't seem like, um, and we don't know when no. he's going to start playing. But they've got still now five guys with starting experience with Jared Williams, uh, Zion Nelson, Jakai Clark. Uh, Corey Gaynor, DJ Scaife, um, I might even be missing one, uh, John Campbell. You know, that's six guys who have started games. So, yeah, I mean, they should be better. Um, I don't know how good they will be, but they've, you know, it, I think a lot of it comes down to kind of the development of there, there are certain guys that I just kind of trust. You know, you trust Corey Gaynor. Like, he's a solid center. You trust DJ Scaife, who was uh, the yep. offensive MVP of the team last year. And, and you probably trust Jared Williams, even though we really haven't seen him. Um, you know, just based on he has started, I think, 20 games or so in his career. And, you know, been very okay. – and for a good team, you know, Houston was good his junior year when he played. It's finding those last two spots. It's, you know, can yeah. – Zion Nelson take the leap. It's can Ja'Kai Clark take the leap. It's is Usman Troor the answer. Can John Campbell take the leap? Like there, you trust more guys than you probably did going into last year, but there's still like obvious holes. 
Yeah, there are. I mean, I, I wonder about Campbell, you know, again, we haven't seen anybody, you know? Yeah. Um, and what, what you said is exactly right. I think, I think Jared Williams, the right tackle who played with Derek uh, in 2018, because Derek only played four games last year, um, you know, that he knows the spread offense. Yeah. He's used it, and I think that's gonna, going to help. Also, um, I think we have to see. I, you know, I can't say I'm totally convinced. I know Gaynor is really good and smart. Um, we're just going to have to see, but I, I, they've got to be better. Yeah, this is the question to me that I like. Like you were kind of saying, I feel least confident about Miami. Like, you know, I, I think the offense I like. You know, Rhett Lashley has proven he is a good offensive coordinator. Um, Derek King has proven he is a good quarterback. Um, he's got, I think, more weapons than people give him credit for when you consider the tight ends and the running backs. Um, but the offensive line is – it's still the one place where it's like they could still be the worst offensive line in the ACC, potentially. Like, yeah, I, I just don't think there's enough proven there that, to think – or yeah. probably not worst offensive line in the ACC. They weren't even the worst last year because I think Florida State and Syracuse were both worse. But, um, you know, they still could be a bottom half – of the conference offensive line, um, which would hamstring a lot. Right. Yeah. All right. Um, you want to swing over to the defense? My, yeah. My big... I, by the way, I, even though I do think the receivers will be better as a unit this year, mm-hmm. I do think the receivers, I do think they're going to be better, but I, and a lot because of the uh, spread, you know, the, the rotation that, you know, the easier offense, but uh, I—that's—I'm a little shaky. I, yeah. I, again, I wanted—I wanted to be proven. So you if you, yeah, if you, the, my, where I kind of stand with that is if you just talk about the wide receivers, Miami, like just the guys who are listed on the roster as wide receivers, Miami is probably, you know, potentially a that's bottom half of the conference. But when you throw in, if you count do wide receivers and tight ends as a unit, I mean, Miami might have like the two best tight ends in the conference with uh, Brevin and Will Mallory. Um, and we'll see yeah, how they how they use them. Yeah, I was talking about the kind yeah, of the wide yeah, the true wide receivers. So my, I think the the argument against that is basically Miami can still have a good offense without leaning as heavily on, on wide receivers as a lot of teams would have to. Um, all right, the defensive line is was kind of the big the other big topic throughout the summer. Um, Gregory Rousseau, Quincy Roche, Jalen Phillips, three guys who. Maybe could be first-round picks. Obviously, Rousseau opts out uh, about a month ago. Um, can the offensive line still – will the offensive line still be as good as we expect, even without Rousseau in the fold? Defensive line, but that's okay. Did I, I that's say offensive line? Defensive line. <laughs> yeah. Any, anyway, um, yes. I think the defensive line is going to be really good, David. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I am so excited to see Jalen Phillips. And Quincy Roche, um, especially really interested in seeing Jalen Phillips, who everybody, all the players keep saying, and coaches that, you know, he's there. You know, everybody's sleeping on Jalen Phillips. No, actually, no one's sleeping. Yeah, on I, th- I feel like he's like the third most talked about player on this roster. Yeah, they keep saying. That, Honestly, maybe that, even so second behind Derek King. I think it's yeah, it's crazy. I I mean they. The guys, we keep hearing, even Manny just in passing, Manny Diaz after after scrimmages and stuff. I mean, Jalen Phillips, you know, 
formerly, formerly was it a couple of years ago, whatever, at UCLA, um, and the number one recruit in the nation coming out of high school, um, he's, wow, he, he looks the part, and supposedly he's really good and really fast. And, and Quincy Roche, um, he, he was the last year's American Athletic Conference Defensive Player of the Year. Yeah, he's uh, the guy I mean, who I honestly feel like is kind of slept on. Like, it always kind of felt like he was the third guy mentioned on that defensive line, even though he, quite frankly, had the best track record, the most proven track yeah, record. Really, really. I mean, I mean, uh, three seasons, he's had 26 sacks. He had, you know, 39 and a half tackles for a loss. Um, uh, you know, he ranked fifth. Last season, David, Quincy Roche ranked fifth in the FBS with 13 sacks. And 11th with 19 tackles for loss. I mean, he's good. So, um, and 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 Jafari Harvey, redshirt freshman defensive end, is really talented. Really talented. Okay, so now you've got uh, you've got what the three right three right there. Um, you just you just got a whole and then they and then they. I mean. Uh, Nesta, Nesta Jade Silvera and John Ford is this big body. He's really strong. Those are the, the two starting tackles, although Ford did, did tell us this week he had, um, I think he had tweaked or torn, not torn, pulled slightly, he said pulled his hamstring during mm-hmm. the quarantine. But he said he's okay. Again, we haven't seen practices. But I think they have a strong defensive line overall. They just, defensive line is a position where guys get hurt a lot, so... That's, that's important that they stay healthy. Yeah, yeah. the defensive tackles are, I would say, the question mark there. Although I, I kind of trust Ford at this point. He was, you know, he's been up and down, but but he was pretty good last year. It's, it's fine. To, you know, can right. Nesta take that leap that we know he has uh, a chance to? Um, any other, like, big picture questions that you kind of, like, are thinking could be defining uh, pivot points for this season? Other than the obvious one, like, will we get – through all this with the coronavirus and even finish the season? <laughs> yeah. I mean, one of them is who's going to stay healthy, yeah. you know, parting the virus, regarding yeah. uh, their body, their bones. <laughs> um, and, um, I, I mean, I, I, I think, I think the freshmen. Yeah. The freshmen, that actually might be a good one because it seems like there's a lot of guys that could play. It always, it always kind of feels like that more than it ends up being like that, but this year especially. Yeah, I, it always feels like their running game is going to be good, and it wasn't so great last year. No, it wasn't. You know, even though DJ Dallas, you know, uh, is a good, good, a good running back, but they, I mean, they were they were 120th, David, 120th out of 130 teams that were ranked. UM was 120th in rushing offense. Yeah. Okay, so not good. Um, yeah, not good. I, I think it's going to help them having uh, you know Jalen Knight and um, and Cheney. You know Don Cheney. Yeah, well Cam obviously. Cheney, of course. Uh, Cheney, I'm I'm a little. You know, he, he had the surgery, right? Yeah. So we don't know. It definitely seems like Jalen Knighton is like the number two running back right now. 
does seem like that, and it might be because of the surgery. I, again, after many years covering this team, I've seen sometimes, a lot of times, you know, when they when their shoulder surgeries. Yeah. I mean, it sometimes it's, it comes back again, or you know, the people have problems throughout their careers. Yeah. Or I'm not saying he's going to, because he's a, he's a great running back. Um, but maybe he's, it takes a while. You know, he had surgery in January, I think. Um, but I do think that. Lashley wants to run also. Yeah. So, I mean, run, use the running backs. Yeah. Um, so I think that's going to be big. And I also think I have to sh- give a shout out to uh, Xavier Restrepo because I think he's going to, I think he's going to be good. The freshman yeah. uh, receiver. Yeah. All right. Well, so, uh, before uh, we step too much on that, um, let's take a quick break and we will come back and do uh, some of our like preseason awards picks, uh, including uh, who we think are going to be the, the freshmen of the year at Miami. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. All right. Uh, we are back. Um, let's jump right into these superlatives. I've got... Five categories written down, the obvious ones, you know, offensive, defensive player of the year, freshman of the year on offense and defense, and then we'll uh, also talk about who we could see being most improved or, or comeback type guy. Um, let's start with the biggest one, and that is offensive player of the year. Uh, who do you think will be this team's offensive MVP? I've, I've got to give it to King, Derek King. Yeah, yeah I mean, that's the, the easy one. Um. I kind of want to go Brevin Jordan. I, I feel like really? he's he's been like kind of the least talked about guy that's like has a chance to be a superstar on this roster. Part of it's because you know the injuries last year, um, toward the end of the season. Part of it is because you know there's all the flashy new toys are at quarterback, at running back with the freshmen, and, and even a wide receiver with some of these freshmen. Um, I don't know Brevin. Just he is the best or the second best tight end in the country. Like. I don't know. I mean, he is a guy who's going to be, as long as he stays healthy, he's like the guy I trust most on that offense. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, I think Brevin's really talented. But the quarterback is obviously always like the most valuable guy. So, as long yeah, as he's good. I, I, mean, I think, I think the Eric's got to be the MVP or whatever, the most, the best offensive player, mm-hmm. um, for everything else to work. Yeah. He, he, including Brevin. I mean, you know. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Um, and especially, it seems like he's got the leadership thing that they like to, um, you know, Brevin's always been a good leader also, but you want the quarterback uh, is what obviously elevates this team. If they're going to be really good, it's going to be because of D.R. King. But um, I don't know. I just kind of feel like, like 
Brevin Jordan is going to be a Mackey finalist again. Um, I, I just wanted to shout out Brevin Jordan. I feel like we have not talked about, enough about him in the lead-up to this season. I'm excited to see what he can do in this offense. I agree, but, you know, he also hasn't – I don't know how much he's actually, actually practiced. Again, we haven't seen Yeah, well, that's the other thing. We don't really know a lot of this, so we're kind of guessing for some of this. But um, I think – yeah, I don't know. It seems like he might have been nicked up or – you know what I mean? Yep. So, at a point, I – and that um, – you know, um, that he, he he wasn't playing maybe as much. Uh, maybe now now he is. I know he, I think he missed the first scrimmage. So um, let's, let's see what happens. He's obviously a talent. You yeah. know that. All right. Um, what about your defensive player of the year pick? Wow. <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm going with Jalen Phillips. Um, yeah. I, I'd love to do a, a Jalen Phillips slash Quincy Roche tie, but well, I. How about this? I'll pick. I'll pick Quincy Roche. Sounds good. Got to got to ride for my Maryland guy. <laughs> I'm. Uh, yeah, Jalen Phillips is a beast. Apparently, again, we haven't <laughs> really seen him, but I believe it because everybody says it. Yeah. You know, and they say it in passing when it's not even about him. So. Yeah, it's um, kind of like the ceiling versus the uh, floor, right? Like, if Jalen is as good as we think he has a chance to be, he's going to be the best guy on this defense. Um, and he'll probably fall, you know, fall somewhere. He'll, he'll probably be good. He'll fall somewhere, like, in the spectrum between, like, being a starter and being, like, a super mega star who's a potential top 10 NFL draft pick. Um, whereas Quincy Roche... Is you just? I feel like you kind of know he's gonna be like an all-conference defensive end, just based on you know he was an All-American last year. Um, uh, Phillips has the higher ceiling based on everything we know about him as a recruit and just the, the athleticism and all that kind of stuff. Um, whereas yeah. Roche is just like I, I feel like he's just gonna be Mister Steady all year for them. But maybe we're selling him short yeah. again. He's a guy we just have not seen a lot in person. I, I I agree with you. I think he's going to be really solid. I just there's something about Jalen. I don't know, being six five and yeah. weighing two. What does he weigh? Two seventy or two sixty? Yeah, I don't know what he is. Running yeah, really fast. Yeah, I mean he has like if you like create a player, you're creating that guy. Like that is him and Gregory Rousseau are like the ideal what you want your defensive end to look like. And Roche's not quite that, but um, but he has the production in a way that that. Uh, no one else on that defense has. And they're smart. Both those guys are really smart, yeah. by the way. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So we, so. it's fitting. We, you know, we're really like only talking about the defensive line, which I kind of think is fitting for this defense. Yep. There's some good guys in the in the secondary, particularly at safety, and then there's yep. Zach McLeod also, who, you know, he's probably like the safest bet to like lead the team in tackles or whatever. But um, it's those defensive ends are. Um, what can make this defense go from very good back to like that elite um, top five of what they were in really like 2018 and 2017? Um, yep. All right. Offensive freshman of the year. I feel like we're both going to have the same pick here. Or at least picks from the same high school. Yeah. I mean, I, I had the slash. I had the, uh, I had the Jalen Knighton yeah. with the slash Xavier Restrepo. But I, <laughs> 
Just like just yeah. like I had to ride for the Maryland guy, you had to ride for the Deerfield Beach guys. Of course, of course. Yeah, I. Yeah, I have Jalen Knighton written down as mine. Also, it seems like he's the number two running back, um, and like that just means he's going to get touches, and he's a good receiver too. Like he's going to be a guy who's just like potential. Yeah, I know Cam is a good third down running back also, but like Jalen's going to like carve out a niche, I think, on this offense where he's going to be on the field. Um, I just think he's going to be on the field more than any other freshman on offense. And I, I also think, uh, again, running back on the offense, running back is a position where guys get injured all the time. True. I don't. I, I you just can't have too many. Yeah, yeah. I like the. I mean, Restrepo kind of feels like the obvious other choice, although maybe Keyshawn Smith also. Um, but I, I, it's just a little harder, I think, to predict the freshman wide receiver like. Who's going to get the touches? You know, are they going to get open? Like, Jalen's just naturally going to get, like, it seems like going to get, like, eight carries a game or something. And, like, you can be up and down and still get eight carries. They might not be eight productive carries, but you're going to just get the ball in your hands eight times. Whereas the freshman wide receivers, you know, if they can't get open, they're not going to touch the ball. So, running back's safe there. And, I mean, Jalen Knighton was, like, the highest-ranked offensive recruit in the class. So, it's a... Pretty like safe bet, I think. Um, what about on defense? It feels like we've not heard very much about I know. many of these freshmen uh, on defense. I would have gone with Avante Williams if he was playing, because yeah, it, it he, seemed like he had the inside track maybe to be the fourth safety. But other than that, it was tough to find an obvious pick to me. It really, yeah, it's kind of tough. Uh, we've heard about these freshman linebackers, but it doesn't seem like they're going to play that yeah, much. Yeah, I mean, well, also Marcus Clark supposedly yeah. has done really well, but I, I the, he's a cornerback. Yeah, but it doesn't uh, seem like he's higher than, like, fifth on the depth chart. Yeah, that's the problem. I mean, I, I think he's done really well, apparently. That's what players say. And, mm-hmm. you know, make, uh, intercept, with interceptions and things. Uh, Manny Diaz has raved about um, Corey Flagg. Yeah. Um, I've heard about Brian Balaam a little bit lately. Yeah, but he's... I think Corey Flagg, it was a bit, and there was another linebacker. Um, uh, Tyreek Austin Cave. Yes, yes, Tyreek, who are really good tacklers and stuff. But that's the other, even though uh, I think that's one of the reasons this team's going to be better is they have more depth on the defense, on the, excuse me, in the linebacker core. But they've, they've really had problems with the linebacker depth, man, haven't yeah. they? The last yeah. few years, horrible. Um, and um, with people being injured and stuff. So, again, we have not seen the young ones play. We haven't yeah. seen it. Yeah, so, I'm going to take a total flyer and say Chance Williams. Um, you know, partially because he was a really highly ranked recruit and partially because they still do kind of need a fourth defensive end, it seems like. Um, and right. he's going to have a – I mean, again, we don't know. We have not seen a single practice. But um, – you know, it seems like he could be in the mix potentially for the fourth or fifth yeah. spot in that defensive end rotation. Yeah, and great. even if he's I not playing he's... early on, freshmen, especially at that spot, tend to get better as the year goes on. I agree. That, uh, going, I just have to go back to the linebackers a little. Um, the thing that is a little bit concerning, again, because we haven't seen it, is that Zach McLeod, right, who's a fifth-year senior now, um, you know, he – started out and the whole thing was he was going to play middle mm-hmm. then all of us 
then all of a sudden we find out, I, was it Bradley Jennings, who's, they said now is going to the middle and um, McLeod has moved to the weak side. It just seems, I don't know, There's, I'm just wondering what's going on there. I mean, Sam Brooks looked really great in the yeah. um, sophomore, in the, in, the, in the bowl game. Um, I just, we haven't seen enough. I haven't seen enough of the, of the linebackers. But I agree with you on Chance Williams. Out of the same high school as um, Shaq Quarterman. Shaq, yeah. And Jalen Rivers, a freshman on offense we did not talk about. Which one? Jalen Rivers. Same high school also. Oh, yeah, Jalen. Yep. On the offense line, yep. Yeah, I mean, but again, I haven't really seen him. Yeah, we haven't seen anything. uh, I I feel pretty good about the Knighton pick. I do not feel very good about the Chance Williams pick. Um, But again, I... Great, but again, we haven't seen anything, guys. It's so tough. yeah. Yeah. All right, uh, let's do our final awards pick. Um, I, I let us do either one, comeback player of the year or most improved player. Uh, I think you have a comeback player that you're, you want to spotlight. I th- yes, uh, and I think it's going to be Bubba Bolden, safety. Yep. But Bubba is a you know, major talent. He's a, a transfer to UM, and he was here last year, and he was doing really well, and then in the FSU game, there was a freak accident. Um, I think after an interception, he jumped up to kind of chest bump or whatever with, I think, safety Gervin Hall, who, by the yeah. way, we haven't mentioned is going to be terrific. Uh, he could be the top tackler. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. And, but anyway, um, and he got a freak. Uh, he hurt his ankle really badly had a, that, after the FSU game. So he had to have surgery, major surgery, and he didn't play again. Um, and I think, uh, I think he's, I think he's going to be really, really good. Yeah, so, um, yeah, he's I, a good pick. Like, I'm going to go. I'm going to stay on brand and say Mark Pope is most improved. Um, I know we've all been waiting for it for for years, and some people I'm sure have lost faith. Um, but I don't know. I just feel like he's going to be a good fit in this offense. Um, I think it's noteworthy that Rob Likens, like, kind of immediately spotlighted him as a guy he was really excited about. Um, I think the first time we talked to him, um, you know, like, unprompted kind of mentioned Mark Pope. Uh, so, you know, the coaches are excited about him, too. Obviously, that was before they'd really practiced with them a lot. So, you know, who knows how they feel about him now. Um, but, but it, you know, at least means we're kind of on the right track when we're talking about talented guys. Um, that have a chance to, to break out um, in this offense. Uh, another freshman I realized I forgot to mention, because I was mostly just focusing on true freshmen, um, Avery Huff, technically a redshirt freshman, who seems like he might play oh. some linebacker. Yeah, you know, Manny's talked about him a little bit, but not a lot. Yeah. Kind of interesting. Yeah. And Cam uh, Williams, another redshirt freshman who could be that fourth defensive end. Um, but, yeah. Anyway, I like Bubba as comeback player of the year. I like Pope as most improved. Those are, are two good, uh, two good picks. I think to wrap things up. Um, all right, let's do our last. Let, let's look at the ACC big picture now. Uh, who wins the conference? Um, uh, do, do we Clemson. Really have yeah, it's Clemson. <laughs> uh, Clemson wins the conference. Yes. yes. Yeah, it should not even mean... be a question. Who the favorite? Yeah, is that no-brainer it is right yep yep yeah we barely even have to talk about it honestly yeah i mean i 
They got the best quarterback in the country, maybe the best running back in the country, and one of the best wide receivers in the country, and a really good defense, and they're good everywhere. Yep, and I think Miami, uh, and, and remember, David, that uh, Notre Dame is part of the conference this year. Yes. Because uh, of the COVID situation. So now instead of 14 teams, we have 15 teams, and it's one, there's no uh, Atlantic and Coastal Divisions. It's one giant conference, mm-hmm. and the, I guess the top teams or whatever play each other. Um, so I think uh, Notre Dame's going to be good. Okay. Yeah. So and North Carolina, by the way, going to be good. I, 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 and there are some other. There are other teams in there too. Florida State, Virginia Tech, yeah. Pitt. But I, I think Miami definitely. If 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 Derek King comes through and this new offense works, I think. Um, why not? I think Miami could be in for an, a, a rematch. <laughs> Hopefully, it goes different. If differently, if that happens against Clemson. In the ACC title game. Yeah. Yeah, I think for my, uh, it's Clemson is the favorite. And then I think to be safe, I'll kind of slot Miami in as number three. But I could see them basically anywhere from two to like five. And obviously it could go, it could always go worse. But yeah, but yeah. Notre Dame is probably the favorite for the number two spot right now. Um, I mean, North Carolina is kind of right there with Miami when you like look at programs that you're like on the rise based on what they've done recruiting wise. The quarterback talent on the roster, just the, the kind of the raw talent on the roster, um, and you yep. mentioned Florida State. Like I know that it's been like really rocky there since Mike Norvell has gotten there. Like it feels like every three weeks there's some controversy coming out of Tallahassee. But I mean, I always really liked Mike Norvell's teams at uh, Memphis, and they've got still probably you know right there with Miami in terms of second. Well, I guess behind Notre Dame and Clemson, they're right there with Miami for probably this third most talented roster in the conference. Um, you know, with Gregory Rousseau op- having opted out, you can make a case Marvin Williams or Marvin Wilson is the best defensive lineman in the conference. Like, they're going to be they've, – they've got the talent to be good still. Um, but I, I think Miami I, – I, I'll say three to be safe is where they finish. Feels like splitting the difference between like the ceiling where they're the second best in the conference and like the floor, not the floor, but like the more reasonable expectation for them to be like fourth or fifth. Yeah, could be. It's so hard to. Yeah. Well, especially this year when we don't know if all the games are going to be played, and um, you know, we (laughs) the first game of the year, uh, it's Central Arkansas game. I think it was Central Arkansas uh, lost. Because uh, all three of their long snappers were mysteriously absent for un- absent for undisclosed reasons, and they like basically could not punt. So they like some weird stuff is gonna happen this year. Yeah, for absolutely. And I know you're. I know you're gonna ask. Are we gonna even finish the season? Yeah, that yeah. was my last question I had written down here, and I hate making that prediction because uh, it's impossible to know. In a way that nothing else, is, that even the other predictions that are obviously impossible to know, we at least can take like educated guests guesses. Well, uh, uh, I have the better question, David, might be: Will Miami play the eleven games they're scheduled to play? How about that question? And my answer to that is no. How about you? 
I will say that the schedule will not be unaltered. We've got those extra weeks, right? There's like three bye weeks built in, I think, two. basically. Two bye weeks built in. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, here's the thing. So, I think the safe guess is to say that they will not. But I definitely think we're going to have the schedule get shuffled around. Yes, but it's going to get harder and harder. Yes. So you some right, if it happens in the last game of the year, then you can't reschedule that. Right. Yeah, or even in the middle. Like, some teams already have been shuffled before yep. the season started. And the thing is, before the season start starts, you can do that. As the season goes on, it's going to get really difficult to get other teams to play or whatever the heck they're going to do. I, I, I don't know. I can't – listen – Blake James, I think, had some kind of fan uh, uh, a discussion with fans. Yeah, there was and, an alumni and, event. And then I think he said, he, like, he wouldn't be surprised if there were, I think, eight games. Yeah, he said that like, was, like, the target, right, was he wants to play eight games. Yeah, I mean, I, and, I, heck, I, I could see that. I, I just, I, I don't know. Big question mark. Yeah. But I don't, I don't see, I don't, I just, it's going to be unbelievable if they get in 11, 11 games and then plus the, if they get into the title game, I don't know. It's, it's going to be, it's going to be crazy this season. Yeah. I think the question I have written down is, do we even finish the season? If you say, do we hand out a college football playoff national championship? I think the answer is yes. Because <laughs> uh, I think they're yeah. just going to, they're going to brute force their way, even if it ends up being really weird. Do we get through? Yeah. If, if I made the question, do we even finish the season in a way that's anywhere near normal? I mean, the answer to that, I guess, is already no. But um, yeah, I think it's telling that Blake James said the target is basically eight games to play. Yeah, and like I, that, that's normally the yeah. way you say, "Hey, we'd like to win eight games, not not we'd like to play eight games." <laughs> I think. Uh... I think you're right about the national championship. They're going to find a way to do something, you know, even if they don't, I don't know, call it something different. And I, and I again, feel really bad, badly for um, for Miami, you know, for yeah. Hard Rock and the Orange Well, it's yeah, kind of interesting to me that they're just, like, set on having it here this year. That's a conversation for another yeah, time. I but I think, wouldn't you, want, wouldn't you nice. want to have it here next year when you can actually have fans in the building? Like, I don't know. Yeah. Right, what, yeah, you know like I mean? like it feels like they I should mean, just push everything back a year, and like play it this because play it this year, uh, maybe make it a different some, bid for this. Like maybe Miami could still have it here if they win that new bid or whatever. But like, you know, no, no, but then it still have to get another. But they should still get it next year, basically. Or, or uh, yeah, or yeah. another year soon. Yeah, because I mean, it seems like Miami is gonna do everything they can to get fans in the building for the national championship, but obviously it's not going to be full capacity unless yeah, we get a, happen. unless we get yeah, a vaccine way sooner than anticipated. It's not going to happen. Yeah. I, it's fair. It's not fair to, it's not fair to Miami. And I can only imagine the money that they're losing, you know? So yeah. I don't know. I, Bill Hancock, who's the, uh, the CEO of the college football playoff 
um, he's an amazing, brilliant man, I think, and a great man. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure they're all now figuring out what the hell they're, they're going to do. Yeah. So, all right. By week. All right. I think we can wrap things up there. Um, you can follow Susan on Twitter at smillerdegnan. Uh, today, so yesterday, as you guys are listening, she posted a, uh, a big story about De'Ara King. Um, so be sure to check that out. Um, how many words was that? I don't know. Uh, over 2,000. There you go. 2,000 words, words on Miami's quarterback. Go read it. <laughs> go read it in increments. What do, what do you like about over. that story? What do you, what, what, just give me one detail you liked about it. I like that his family has never, nobody's ever missed a game of his. Yeah. I think it's it's kind of amazing, ever. Yeah. Any game. Like, they all go in, and I, just the idea that nine of them visited him, uh, you know, it surprised him for his birthday. I just, I love the family aspect of it, mm-hmm. and, um, yeah, I he's a, he's a good guy. And, and by the way, talking to his, former Manville High coach, Kirk Martin. Do you know who he is, David? I've never dealt with him, but I, I'm aware of him but, just because of him and, and Kyle Trask, obviously. That was like a big story last year because they played well, in high school Kirk, together. Kirk Martin was the quarterback's coach at Syracuse. Oh, really? Um, in two, yeah, 2018 and 19. Of course, I thought of you when oh, I Oh, yeah, that, I, that's after my time. Yeah, well, 18 and 19, his, his, his high school coach coached quarterbacks the last two years at Syracuse. Okay. So, does he love uh, Derek? By the way, wow. Yeah. yeah. So. All right. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at db wilson too. Uh, we have all the sports basically going on right now in South Florida. Um, Heat are in the playoffs. Uh, Marlins are in a playoff race. Uh, Miami Hurricanes kick off next week. Dolphins kick off uh, like four days later. Uh, the Panthers just hired a new general manager. Uh, high school football starts next Friday. We have literally, like, every sport in South Florida happening at once. Uh, so just go to MiamiHerald.com and, and read it all. And be sure to listen to all of our podcasts. we got one every day a week now with our new Marlins one on Tuesdays. Sure. David, I do have to add one thing. Um, De'Ara King told me how tall he is. So you got to read the story to find out. <laughs> he told me how, what he was actually Get the true at. scoop. It's a, it's a scoop. Yeah. I haven't seen him tell anybody else. So, uh... Read the story. All right. Thanks, as always, for listening. And uh, the next time we guys talk to you, uh, we talk to you guys, will be after the first game of the college football season. So uh, pretty exciting. Yep. I'm knocking on wood. Yeah. All right. We'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.